0: The following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to ZPod. Z-Pod is an extension of the Identity Matters podcast. And the Identity Matters podcast is an outreach of the Ministry of IOM America. This is part B. Anyone who is friends with the world puts themselves in a position of having a hostile relationship with God. So that leaves a culture like ours today with one basic action to cover that level of guilt. We have to convert God into being a pluralistic, emergent God. He's not done. He says, Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Our entire world of technology, particularly in social media, is based on friending people who simply you're not friends with because you've never met them. The entire world of technology is built around of what James is telling us here. Then he finishes with, or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose. He, God, jealously desires the spirit which he has made and of course my favorite line is which he has made to dwell in us. Friendship with the world sets up God to be jealous for the spirit of the living God who dwells within us. If you think you can be a Christ follower and call yourself a true Christian, you probably aren't into your Bible very much. Grandmas, church, please come back. Here's the leading need of Gen Z. Perception of self through the eyes of an absolute God. That's what they need. Now I'm going to show you something about the church and a mistake that was made. With best intentions, the church placed the millennial youth in an entertainment-driven gospel that used external glitz, kind of like a Disney World environment in your youth group. In fact, there were some youth groups that were even better than Disney World. Where they would spend money on lights, smoke, sound. God only knows what else to stimulate the external to reach the youth. And this is what cemented the norm for church services and doctrines. So now we wonder why Gen Z is not prepared for the absolute serious-minded Jesus, our Jesus, the real Jesus, the real deal. Not the pot-smoking, multiculture dressed Jesus who waves his hand like the Pope and believes that any pathway that you take is okay because you'll come to me. The reality of that statement is, is that all paths are going to lead to the millennial Jesus. But his name is not millennial Jesus. He will surprise you with his name later. Now here's how it happened. If you look there to the left on on this slide, you got the Baby Boomers Traditional Church. As I said to Jane earlier as I was sharing this with her, that you can go the church before the Baby Boomers Church and then the church before that one, and that is quality research. Because you can look at each one of the churches and what was predominantly most important for those 100 years worth of churches. You do it in 100-year sections, century sections, and then you start to find your cultural trend. So I'm just picking it up at baby boomers. Traditional churches had programs, Sunday school classes, you know, blah, blah, blah. Something that a lot of millennials are very familiar with that they're running from. There was a decision made by the churches worldwide. We're losing our youth. For somehow flannel graphs isn't doing it anymore. So... They went from flannel graphs to taking a volunteer in the church to take the youth in a special room and begin to share the gospel with those youth from the mind of a youth and form more of a high-energy environment or a laid-back environment with couches and television and whatever in the youth room and it became a very relaxed, disconnected youth service from traditional church. Then they did that with children's church. So here was the violation. We pulled the the younger generation away from the wiser generation, and we set them up in little Sunday school rooms or meeting halls, within the building, and the elder generation no longer was able to influence and disciple and care for the next generation coming up. Yes, I am telling you, the gravest decision ever made by the church is starting children's church, youth programs, and separating them from the generation above them. Now we have a society that literally functions in titles of generations. Gen Z, millennials, the Ys, the Xs. We handle research because the church made a decision to separate the generations. We did this to them. So the ex-boomers were separated and youth ministries began to flourish. And boy, did they flourish. Then those youth became Gen Y millennial pastors. So these youth pastors that are used to a detached, don't tell me what to do, elder, don't tell me what to do, big church, I know it works because my youth group has grown massively because what we're doing does work. And they are correct in saying that. Youth ministries are usually far larger than any ministry in the church. This young person is now the pastor. They are now pastoring a new generation, and that is called Gen Z. Guess what happened? These millennial pastors hit a brick wall and they were having to deal with a generation that was full-on disconnected from truth. Guess who's asking for help? The millennial pastors. The responsible ones are saying and believing and understanding we are in serious Trouble when 3% of the entire Gen Z generation is committed to church life. 33% of the entire generation, Gen Z, don't even believe in any form of religion. And the problem is growing every single day. Here's the process of the emergent believer. Again, for those of you who are listening, we're staring at a diagram, a circle diagram. It's broken up into the triune of man, body, soul, spirit, in the center of this unsaved person or saved person. They could be lukewarm and be saved. But we have this arrow coming in called absolute truth about self, others, and God. That would be like me approaching you about the absolutes of you. What I see about you. And then what I see about others. Or what I see about God. But all coming from the absolutes of God's word. It comes in and it hits this damaged mind. Now if you've ever been turned over to a depraved mind like it says in Romans chapter 1. I'm afraid you are not going to get this. You might be a learning freak, but you're not going to get it. This would take the power of the Holy Spirit to break through this broken mind of yours. There are people that actually have broken minds. They can hear the most profound, absolute truths that even an unbeliever would go, Wow! I've never heard anyone come out and just say that. They're dead. They're not alive in Christ. They're unsaved. They know they're unsaved. they got an Adamic nature that's dragging them around every day. But they'll hear an absolute profound truth and it stops them and they go, Wow! This is not that person. There's something wrong with this person's mind. It's damaged. So that damaged mind immediately goes for the emotions. Not the mind processing the things of God. It goes to the emotion. This doesn't feel right. I don't know what this guy is saying. I don't understand it. But it doesn't feel right. Now, i got to keep in mind the millennial Jesus is built around the concept of a feeling Jesus. He feels everything that I struggle with. The millennial Jesus was birthed out of the feelings of mankind. So the emotions get dumped into the will, and the will chooses to believe this damaged mind's conclusion. They're certainly not going to accept the absolute truth it dumps into the belief system after that, which forms the self-life thinking system. That dumps into the, the body and results in the Mimi Gospel, which is a new buzzword on the internet. The Mimi Gospel is just another way of saying me through me diagram that we present to you guys Occasionally. Well, that dumps out and it basically proves our little, our, our little train illustration. And that is feeling, fact, faith. And this is all about me. Everything's about me. Everything comes out of your mouth is about me. Every video I watch is about me. Every article I read is about me. Everything's about me. And you look at that person to challenge them with absolute truth to give Jesus' life away and quit becoming a fat baby and they think you're mean. Because everything's about me. That is the fuel, the gasoline, to this new culture. Now here's the irony. Ask a good theologian, he'll tell you. Unless they're a theologian, one of these quirky translations that now are replacing thinking words with feeling statements. But the Bible doesn't speak of your emotions hardly ever as an address on what to fix. It's always a conclusion. It addresses the mind. There's no scripture, 602, 292, 2982, that addresses the feelings. It is the mind. Christ's mind is to renew our feelings. Is that what it says? Christ's mind is to renew our minds. Our minds... Dump into the will, chooses to believe that, dumps into the emotion, and we get excited about it. We have joy, peace, patience, you know? But this generation is doing it backwards, and we're getting a backward culture. Here's our next diagram it says, What makes Satan so compelled? Well, Satan never stops trying to deceive generations into thinking that he has the power to own all within those generations. But the reality is, he does own them if they're not born again. The leading thing that Christ's followers do not like to discuss. So, what makes him compelled to move forward? He looks at his track record of success from the past generations, continuing to turn up the pressure for the next generation to neutralize the gospel by nominalizing or morphing through the misbeliefs of the generation before each new culture. That's how us researchers gather our data. We look at the generation before you and then before that generation. Spend your time doing all of your thinking and analyzing with Gen Z, you're doing it backwards. The enemy counts on generational overflow of all kinds of choices that are made by the church or believers, followers, unsaved people, he doesn't really care. He just needs to turn up the pressure to neutralize the gospel. Neutralize means luke warm. Church of Laodicea will be the last that you will see. After that, you're going to see the shining teeth of Jesus Christ. We're coming close, folks. So individualized seared conscience, this is individual that has a broken mind. Pictorial Hebrew means broken. Greek, seared, is a branding iron. Both are great. So a seared, broken mind of an individual, when it moves into being a societal, seared conscience, the people around that person are going to be supporting their seared conscience as truth, with a little T. Then the generation that is holding them all together becomes seared in their conscience. And finally, you will have a seared culture. A culture is where people like to hang out. Bars, churches, governments, homes. Culture is an environment that you have chosen to be a part of. Now, if you can imagine that culture being a global one, that is what we're watching for. Confusion produces fusion. What I mean by that is Our culture is changing faster than any other culture in church history and the youth are disillusioned and confused. Confused literally means the lack of understanding resulting in fusion to uncertainty. The bottom line is Gen Z is being forced into fusion, the process or results of joining two or more things together to form a single entity and or belief. This, my dear listener, was the definition and its process of a pluralist person, place, or thing. Fusion is a great word. It's not mixing something in when you fuse and cooking, what are you doing? You can fuse a flavor into another piece of food that normally would taste like an apple. And if you fuse banana into that apple, the apple is no longer going to taste like an apple, it's going to taste like a banana. What is used in the fusion Is the primary and dominant religion. Pluralist. An example, Barn Group survey revealed that 34% of Gen Zers agree that lying is morally wrong, leaving 66% believing it is acceptable. Trending proves that it takes ninety percent of a population to set a precedent for change, causing a 56% shortage to redirect a culture, which becomes our goal. The odds of getting 90% turned around in Gen Z is probably next to nil. We'll spend more time on that next week. Here's our identity matter statement for today. Gen Z statistics are revealing that not only is our present generation and culture deeply confused about absolute truth, gender and sexuality, but it reveals their generation refuses or rejecting fusion to listen to the generations above them. They don't want any more fusion from their elders, is what this is saying. Don't brainwash me with your beliefs. This results as a generation that places their identity in a post-truth generational anti-ethics modality. We have our work cut out for us. My friend Ed Barna Group did an enormous amount of personal study himself in regard to comparing Gen Z to a very, very old culture, and it was Babylon. Next week, we're going to focus our teachings on the digital Babylon, which is a term he has coined. Basically, it's the culture of the pluralist, but we will do some very strong comparisons to the era of Babylon. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.